Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome here. We're back here on the Ohioan, another show. Uh, we call this the Chris and Craig Show, where we have a different guest each week. And we're excited. Lori Schmidt. Uh, if you're familiar with Columbus Sports Journalism, Lori's been around, and we're really excited because in the recently, Lori's now the assistant sports editor for the Columbus Dispatch. And I always enjoyed listening to Lori on the radio with the fan, and it's great to work with her. Um, we were working on the big Cam Atkinson trade over the weekend, so lots of fun already. Looking forward to the future, and we're excited to have Lori as a guest. Welcome, Lori. How's it going today? I am just very, very pleased to be joining the CNC Podcast Factory here. This, whoa. <laughs> Man, I like that. I nice. didn't think about Why can't that. you come up with the names for our shows? Yeah, I, I'm bad at marketing. Uh, that was really great. You know, we're not going to rap, though, and, and don't dance in the background. That's why we're not a video podcast. I, oh, I, I thought I was going to be a fly girl tonight. I thought that was yes, my job. Yes. <laughs> hey, was the CNC Music Factory a one-hit wonder? I can only think of everybody dancing it now. Was there any other songs that, that you can think of? Not that I can think of, but okay. I, I like that song. I can't think of anything else. Good memory. I, I, I appreciate that. So, uh, so what's it been like at the dispatch so far? I mean, you're very familiar with Columbus sports. Uh, we go crazy. Lots of stories. I ended up writing the sports story today. Um, lots of great content. What's it been like for you so far over there? I've been welcomed very warmly. Everyone's been so great, and the job is just perfect for me. If someone had told grade school Lori that she would get to enforce grammar rules and read for a living, <laughs> her little nerd heart would have exploded. Uh, and and now that's what I'm doing. I'm having so much fun uh, and getting to cover sports, a, a topic that I'm passionate about and love being a part of. It's just, it's been a blessing every single day. Well, you know, following your Twitter, I mean, you know, if you're working or if you're not, you've always lived and breathed this stuff. I mean, it's not like, oh, this is my job, so I guess I'll care about the Buckeyes or Blue Jackets. I mean, you've covered that stuff for years. You've lived this stuff. I mean, you might recognize Lori. She was a longtime sports person on some radio stations around Columbus, uh, most notably the fan. And, Lori, you've covered this for a while. You live and breathe Columbus sports, don't you? Oh, yeah, almost two decades of covering Columbus sports and, and meeting the athletes and the coaches and, and the fans and the ushers and just everyone involved. As much as I love sports, I love the people involved in sports even more. Great. What's your, um, what, what's a big, I, I'm asking you a really broad question. We're a few minutes into this, but what's something that really has stuck out to you? Well, maybe we'll ask it this way. 
what person has met a lot in terms of you covering them? Maybe not somebody you personally befriended, but whose stories have met a lot to you that as you've gotten to know this person, you're like, wow, what, is, what a great story. It's a privilege to cover you and tell the stories of this person. Um, uh, that's first of all, that's Cooper saying hi, and I am sorry yes. that he's in the background of the hi, Cooper. Um, <laughs> let's see whose story has meant a lot to me. I, I would, I can't talk about my sports career without talking about Larry Larson, who's not necessarily a person whose story I have told, but whose footsteps I am kind of walking in. He was, uh, the voice of high school sports in Columbus, Ohio, and a reporter here for a long time. Um, and I was his intern twice, starting first in high school and then in college. He really gave me my start in the industry. Uh, he wears a bow tie. I look awful in bow ties. So to find a fashion statement of my own to salute him, I wear a hat. Um, yeah. He's, I think, if there's someone who means a lot to me who's been involved in Columbus sports, which I think is what you're asking, it is Larry Larson. Good, good. So you just kind of helped, helped you in your career, maybe give you some advice? Oh, yeah. not only that, but just lived the sort of life that I want to live with just the way he was so kind to everyone and is so kind to everyone, but is now in California, so I can't say he's in Columbus sports anymore. Uh, right. It's not like he's the dearly departed Larry Larson. He is very fortunately still with us, just uh, in a wetsuit and in, uh, in the ocean right now, probably. Yeah, um, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. And just in, in a fantastic guy. Okay. Very good. Um, you, you know, I think that guy for me, I, I was telling you beforehand, uh, I, I didn't know Larry super well, but it was funny. I got to cover the Blue Jackets for a blog here in town for a year and a half. And I, I got to run into the media. It was funny. I, I've done media work before. I was very intimidated by everybody. Like, I'm like, oh, it's Lori Schmidt here on the radio. I felt weird, you know, struck up huge conversations. Or, you know, Aaron Portsline was with the dispatch at the time. I'm like, you know, I, I felt kind of shy being with a blog, you know, saying I don't want to act like I own the place. I'll tell you, the one guy that really meant a lot to me was Rusty Miller. Um, he's no longer with the AP. He's retired. But I had some good talks with Rusty because at the time I left the blog to actually go back in journalism, and Rusty really encouraged me. Have you heard anything from Rusty lately? Do you know what he's doing now? Uh, he is just enjoying life. Um, Excellent. Being Excellent. a family man, he is indeed retired. He's a man of great integrity. He's someone that I will call if I have a question about how I should handle a certain situation. I think you are right to point to Rusty Miller as a as a great figure in Columbus sports reporting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very, very intense guy. I, I, I yeah. learned very easy. <laughs> uh, we were up in the uh, press box after a game, and keep your conversations low. I mean, Rusty, when you're following AP storage, you got to file quick. And, yeah, Rusty will let you know if you're too loud, but uh, good guy. Yeah, very good guy. So so very good. Um, yeah, good stuff. Now, we got us some fun questions, and you know, Craig's up in Fremont, so he doesn't know the Laurie Schmidt story as much as I do. You're known by your hat. I'm, I'm looking at our screen now, and your avatar is a hat. And I know when you go around, you wear the hat. So Larry encouraged you for the hat? Is that the origin story for the, the hat you wear? Well, uh, I have three different origin stories uh, okay. 
for the hat. Uh, and depending on how long I have depends on which version you'll get. If we're like stuck in an elevator together and you okay. ask me why the hat, I will tell you it's because I'm five foot two and the hat makes me five foot three. Oh, um, okay. If you are, you know, someone who I'm at the red light with, then I, I might tell you that uh, I am allergic to cold temperatures. It's a medical condition called cold urticaria and a hat helps yeah. keep me warm. Um, wow. okay. And on a podcast like this, I can tell you that both of the above are true. And on top of that, I did learn the business from Larry Larson, who always wore a bow tie, who is a mentor and a friend and a just a wonderful, wonderful man. Um, and he always, again, wore this bow tie. And I look awful in bow ties. So a way to salute him was to find my own little fashion statement. And that is a fedora. Very nice. Very nice. Craig, I've never heard about this. Uh, Lloyd's talking about. So tell me a little bit about the. You said agor agoraphobia. Is that what it's called? Cold urticaria. Oh, cold, cold urticaria. Okay. What happens if you get too cold then? You're allergic. Do you break out or? Yep. That's fascinating. Oh wow. It, it's just like a food allergy, except all on your body. Mm. So it's you fun. really ha you really have to bundle up then. I mean, like oh, yeah. how. How, how far do you have to go to make sure you're okay? Oh, I have a, a very mild case of it. So I just have oh, to okay. um, avoid standing under air conditioners and, and dress warmly when it's going to be cold out and sometimes take an antihistamine. There are some people who have the condition so badly they can't eat ice cream, which, you know, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that'd be tough. Yes, right? See, Ohio weather's got to play uh, some havoc on you then because uh... – in the morning it'll be like forty, and then in the in the you know afternoon it'll be sixty, and then it'll be seventy five at you know six o'clock at night, and then back down to forty again by ten o'clock. So Ohio's got to be pretty challenging for you to navigate through uh, whether to stay warm or cold. Is that also uh, one of the helps of the hat? There is that you can always just put the hat on and it'll help you out. Uh, well, I never take the hat off, Craig. I mean, that's that's the Larry Larson policy. He would never okay. be seen without a bow tie. Okay. Um, but yes, going from like a 90 degree day to a, a 60 degree office is sometimes a challenge. Um, but air conditioning is almost worse than weather because you can kind of anticipate when it's going to be a cold day. We do have some quality meteorologists here. Um, so you can kind of anticipate that and know when to take medicine ahead of time. You never know when you're going to run into an overcharged AC and those things can be very directed on one part of your body, whereas yeah. opposed to weather is all around you. So um, I would say that it, Ohio weather is a challenge, but it's not something that I'm going to move to California just to get away from. Okay. Well, wear the hat and you're okay, right? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Wow, wow. That's awesome. I, that's what I love about these interviews. You, you book the interviews, you're like, all right, we're going to talk about sports. And every time there's something that just – I, I don't know anybody else, but to me, I'm like fascinated by your condition. That's awesome. Well, not awesome that you have a <laughs> like, Chris, we're such a wordsmith. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fascinating. In a boy, I want to know more about that. Not in a. It's yeah, great. <laughs> I'm so excited, Lori has allergies. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was able to avoid ice baths as an athlete because of it. So there, there is yeah. there. It's not like it doesn't have any upside. Well. And the other thing I want to ask you about, and I know you're in a job change, obviously going to dispatch. You're the assistant sports editor helping out 
our new sports editor, Brian White, and hopefully he'll make the, make it to Columbus soon. Uh, it's Brian's coming from Seattle, and it's COVID, so you know we're getting. He's getting here. Some, oh, he made it. When you move? Yeah. Oh, he's been here since I've been here. So. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Seattle's not that far away, Chris. Yes. Okay, I stand corrected. I thought Brian was still in Seattle. I'm glad he's over here now. That's that's great. So, well, but okay. So, Laura's the assistant sports editor. Obviously, we're doing a lot here to dispatch for sports coverage. Buckeye season, my goodness, there's a lot of Buckeye stuff happening. Uh, Quinn Evers, uh, we got to talk about that. That's the breaking story. Uh, so, this guy is talking about skipping his senior year. He's a highly sought after recruit going to Ohio State so he can get endorsement deals. I, I thought that fascinated me today. That was kind of a breaking story right before we left. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how much stock I'm going to put into his musing out loud that he wants to come to Ohio State early yet. Um, mm-hmm. Only be, only because uh, it is quite possible that this is a maneuver to put pressure on uh, the Texas state government and Governor Abbott there. Uh, because right now they are preventing their high school athletes from making money off name, image, and likeness. And this could be a move to make that go away. Um, so I don't know that I'm ready to, to jump on this and say it's a huge development yet, but if toward the end of the week, Quinn Ewers is saying that, yeah, I'm really still interested in this, then that will be absolutely an, a, a development that is just incredible. How is he grade wise? Like, would he just enroll here early? I and mean, how would he pull it off? Yeah, he's, I think, one English class away from being college eligible. So, oh, okay. He, I mean, this is not, it's not that this couldn't happen theoretically. It's just right. there's some logistics. There is some, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I guess I'm so skeptical having been in sports for so long. Um, yeah. But then again, I was also skeptical that the uh, Texas and Oklahoma were looking to join the SEC because I'd covered yeah, how many previous rounds of conference expansion talk where, you know, some random WAQFB3 pie yeah. whatever um, was reporting that, you know, such and such team was joining such and such league and that happened so many times. I guess I'm a little skeptical. Uh, just by my nature, but I mean, it could potentially be a huge, huge development. Yeah, I agree with that. It's good reporting. I like the fact we have on our site. I mean, being the main paper in Columbus and being the main place for Ohio State, people don't read that stuff, so I'm glad we have it. But I, I share your opinion. I'm like, wake me up when it happens, you know, because I'm hearing so many crazy rumors of what, you know, Ohio State could possibly do down the road and everything. And I'm like, Hey, it's fun to read the rumors, but let's wait till it actually happens before you get really crazy about that. Yeah, I, I heard some crazy report saying that SEC wanted Ohio State and Michigan to go to the SEC. I'm like, whoa. You think that might happen? Oh, uh, no, I can't see that happening. Well, there's no. a report. It's just a report. I mean, you and I could write reports saying anything. We could say Kent State. Uh, no, 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 no. No, if my bosses of the dispatch are listening, no, I cannot write a report saying just whatever I want. 
I'll put it this way. Somebody out there could write a silly Yes, okay. There you put, go. Put the blog site. Blog, yeah. There you go. Let's blame so the bloggers. Yeah, yeah, blame the bloggers. That could happen. But what I'm saying is there's Podcasters. so many Yeah. <laughs> the Ohioan Podcast I, Network. I'm already writing the story for Dispatch.com. Lord Schmidt says Ohio State going to SEC. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just joking. But no, what I'm saying is there's a ton of reports out there. I'm sure there's a ton of people talking. I, I'm sure maybe somebody... Someone affiliated with Ohio State threw it out there as a, hey, we may look at this down the road or whatever. But one thing is there's a lot of stuff out there. And who knows what's actually legitimate? Who knows what's actually may even be getting to think about being happy? It's just a crazy time out there. Well, back to this Quinn thing, here's the only thing that bothers me. I, I think college athletes should get paid. I think there's so much TV money out there. It's a shame when you just say, hey, you're risking your career if you get injured in college football or basketball or whatever. So I think there should be some pay. The only thing I'm kind of wondering about is what's to stop me if I'm a booster and I'm trying to shovel money to my favorite recruit to say, hey, please come to Ohio State. Is there a risk of that? That's the only thing with the NIL that I get a little bit nervous about. What do you think could be done about that? I think my concern with NIL would be that it's happening at the same time that the NCAA is loosening the reins in terms of transfers. Uh, And and you can't tell me that some Texas A&M booster isn't going to be willing to flash some cash and say, hey, I know you're making so much money uh, selling Buckeye donuts, um, but if you come here and sell Aggie donuts... Um, you're you're yeah. going to make so much more money. Uh, I'll make sure of it. Um, so I, I I worry about the confluence of events that all these things are happening at once, and I I worry that the NCAA, as opposed to making smarter rules, is just kind of taking a step back and not having any rules. And yeah. let's just let everyone handle things themselves. And and we saw how well that that worked when it came to the coronavirus pandemic. You know, there, there was no one really steering the ship, everyone trying to make their own policy. And there was chaos at the start of the college football season. So I, I am a little worried about the, that everything seems to be happening at once. Conference expansion, the transfer portal, the NIL. Um, ideally the NCAA would have dealt with these issues as they came up, but instead they kept kicking the can down the road, down the road and down the road. And so now they are forced into a situation where it's all come to a head at once. And I think that would be a lot for any organization to deal with, let alone one that has the inherent problems as the NCAA. Yeah. I love paying college players, but I think the tough thing about it is, Hey, if the three of us had a business, okay, nothing against a rowing team or nothing against a very minor sport, but how does that help people on minor teams like the backup or the third string catcher for Ohio State or, you know, Craig's a Bowling Green grad? I mean, you're probably not as likely to give endorsement money to those guys just because we don't know who they are. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, you know, there there is some value to even having been an Ohio University soccer player. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I know that we did camps, and uh, I could have made money off doing camps as, a, as an Ohio Bobcat 5-foot, 2-inch goalie. And if a 5-inch, 2-inch Ohio yeah. University goalie 
could have made some money, then other people can too. And, and you know, there are examples of athletes who can make money off other talents where they were prevented before from by name, image, and likeness rules. Um, there was a, an example of, I, I think it was a wrestler who also wrote poetry, who couldn't make money off his poetry because of NIL. Um, there, there are people who make money, that can now make money off their YouTube videos that weren't before. Um, okay. Xander Diamont is a former Indiana quarterback. He was a male model, like a legitimate male model, and now he could do yeah. both at the same time if he wanted to. And okay. I would love to hear the trash talk from opposing defensive linemen if he had done so. Yeah, but, but So, I mean, I, I think there are opportunities beyond what we assume just for the starting quarterback and the, and the star wide receiver. Well, you raise a good point, too. It's more than just an endorsement deal. It, it could free you up to do things that in the past weren't allowed by the NCAA could lead to major infractions or whatever. So at least you have a little more freedom where you didn't before. Now, Lori, if Craig and I wanted a uh, endorser for our podcast, I, I, I wonder how much it would cost if we got like some reserve. Do you think it, it, we could afford it? We're both <laughs> on uh, journalism salaries. <laughs> uh, I think you'd have to pass around the hat, and I don't take my hat off, so I oh, think okay. you're in trouble. <laughs> so even if we went to like the fifth string Ohio quarterback, the money still might be a little bit too high for us. Uh, I, I to have someone. Take the time out that your podcast assuredly deserves um, for an adequate spokesperson. Yeah, I, okay. I, I think you're going to have to save up for a little bit. Maybe I'm just basing this on what I know to be true of journalism salaries. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Chris, maybe you can walk around campus and say, oh, hey, you know, there's player X or player Y or player Z yeah. and just say, have you heard of the Ohioan podcast? And then record them and say, the Ohio yeah. podcast, and then boom, right there, you've got it. Yeah, I wouldn't have to pay him money. Or, or yeah, or, or just a simple, hey, um, Player X, when I'm riding the bench during Ohio U game, I listen to Ohio. You know, just fun stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe we could do that to dispatch. Could you imagine we get, you know, some endorsements from Ohio State players? That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I um, I do actually kind of worry about the day when um. Players are trying to insist that we pay for access to the news. Yeah, that's um, true. I mean, that's just just uh, the other day, Ohio State had their photo day, and that used to be something that was open to the media. And now it's like these kids want these special pictures for their social media channels so that they don't want the media in, giving those pictures away for free. And so, yeah, I mean, I do worry about uh, media access as a result of NIL. Um I know I spoke to, you know, Joshua Perry, former Buckeye, now with yeah. the Big Ten Network. He yeah. talked about uh, the, the Big Ten Network actually considering, especially around the postseason time, hiring people to be uh, correspondents that, you know, say Penn State is eliminated from contention and uh, or they've already played their bowl game or whatever, and Ohio State is now in the national championship game. Well, the Big Ten Network can bring on a, a Penn State player to analyze – OSU and what they learn from playing them, but you're going to now oh, yeah. have to pay that guy. Does wow. that create a conflict of interest, though, Lori, when, let's say, the Big Ten Network takes on a quarterback from Michigan who not playing in the Big Ten championship game, and they come on and talk about Ohio State's ferocious defense, and then they're paying them, and are, are you kind of creating like a conflict with, 
if this guy's coming back the next season, then maybe you're going to talk better about this kid because you know him, you like him, you get to, I know you get to know these players anyway in the media, but are you kind of creating a little bit of a slippery slope of how you can be fair in your coverage of Michigan's quarterback now moving forward or whatever it may be, the program as a whole? That's a very good question, Craig, uh, and a thornier issue than than I <laughs> would have to deal with, uh, fortunately, as a low-level grunt. Um, <laughs> but I, I will say uh, I would think that it would create the appearance of a conflict of interest more than an actual conflict right. of interest. Uh, I find that conflict of interest stories generally seem to stem from what happens at the upper levels of companies sure. uh, and not with the, the lower level people and the reporters and the, and the producers and the, and the frontline uh, employees of a media company. Um, I think that would, I think those relationships would be fine. Um, just to give you an example, um, Chris mentioned that I worked in, in radio in Columbus and there was one night where we were doing a group interview and one of the local TV stations had broken news about, I believe, Troy Smith getting arrested for disorderly conduct or getting ticketed, maybe. I don't think it was perhaps an arrest, maybe a ticket for disorderly conduct. And they wanted to ask about it in this group setting, but they they knew that would be spilling the news to all the other reporters who were around. So they said, guys, this is something that's going to come up when we talk today. We got this story. Can you, you know, honor us and not report it till we share it? Um, and Everyone honored that. And I called back to our station and I said, here's a heads up on this story that's coming. We can't report it yet. It was broken by another news outlet. Um, but be ready to report it as soon as it as we're able to. Uh, well, somebody back at the station looked up the ticket number for the disorderly conduct citation and found out that the next citation number belonged to, I think it was San Antonio Holmes. So now there was a detail that we had that right. we were able to share with the, the other reporters who were standing around, but they didn't share that until we did because that was our information. Um, mm. And by the way, I called our station on the phone of another reporter from another station. So when you talk about conflict of interest, I think it is something that exists at a macro level, not with the, the people who do the reporting and the producing and the, the people who would interact with the hypothetical Michigan quarterback that you talked about. You guys are a lot nicer in the Columbus media than up here in Fremont. I tell you, if something like that broke and only and somebody had it, they wouldn't and other people were told about it. The uh, the embargoes essentially would come off, I think, but especially if it was like a breaking news story. It's uh, interesting to see how, how the dynamics work down there with certain, you know, information or passing, you know, working, I guess, with the other, you know, across the aisle with other media members. Kind of intriguing. You got sharp elbows there in, in Fremont, Craig? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, for for a time there, it was it was pretty cutthroat. Um, surprisingly, in a small market, it it got pretty cutthroat up here. With you need to break news, you can't get beat. It's a it's a it was a strange dynamic where you know no no one no one played the hey I'm going to tell you this once you once you were told on the record for, by a source you take it because you don't know what the other people are going to do you don't know if they're going to honor the you know the, the code or whatever. It's it's pretty cutthroat sometimes, even in a small media market, because we have other smaller papers, but then we also have the Toledo Sports, you know, or Toledo Media, 
as well with you know papers and TV stations and radio. So it was uh, kind of cutthroat for a while there. I don't well, want to imply that it's not competitive here in Columbus because yeah, it right, really right. is. But um, you do the job long enough, you understand logistically sure. there are things that are easier if we work together. Um, so I, 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 we're competitive and cooperative at the same time. And I, I think the reporters here, I, I have a great deal of admiration for all the media members that I've interacted with in Columbus. I think they've done a pretty good job of balancing uh, both. Um, and, and you know, that there's something to the idea that to be a good media outlet, you have to be an ethical one. And to be an ethical media outlet, you just, you have to give credit where it's due. Um, and it was the local TV station that had uncovered this news. They were due the credit. I, I just, I, th I, one of the reasons I went into sports journalism is I truly and maybe naively believe that to be a good journalist, you have to be a good person. You have to be passionate about the people whose stories you want to tell. You have to be honest. You have to be, um, frank. You have to be someone who's invested in, in others. So uh, that that's part of what attracted me to the industry. And I just I see a lot of that in the people that I've worked with here in Central Ohio. Sure. Well, yeah, I think for two, there's always new faces. I mean, you know, Brian's new to Columbus, but you look at a lot of people around Columbus. I'm looking at TV, radio. You see some very familiar faces, and yeah, we are competitive. We want to get the stories, but you're working. I mean, I, I think of like. 10 TVs, Don Tavari. He's been there forever. And yeah, you want to beat him on stories, but you still want to have a relationship with, you know, with some of your competitors, as always. And PR people, too. I mean, I think Jerry Emick, I think I got the name right. He's been Ohio State forever. So yeah, you can't always burn bridges because that could come back and bite you. So you're right. It's absolutely good relationships. It's important. Yeah, hey, when I worked at uh, 97.1, I would not set my alarm for 6.10 in the morning because 6.10 WTVN was the competition. I, I literally would not do that. I would set it for 6.09 or 6.11 if I had to wake up around that time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very competitive. Uh, then I ended up working for WTVN. So it's, yeah. <laughs> you do, you, you, you have to, you just, I, I really think that being a good reporter or Sports editor requires being the best person you can be. And, and part of that is being competitive in a way that honors the competition. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Uh, last thing about Ohio State, um, you've been here for a while. I've been here for a while. Is that your you way know, of calling us old, Chris? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm old. Uh, trust me. I, I was up half the night for summer cake, and... I, we almost didn't podcast tonight because I think I was going to make the work either today. So I, I'm getting old. That's where it comes down to, Lori. But, you, you know, I, I'm thinking like Bill's been with a dispatch who covers the Buckeyes for a long time and everything. Um, looking ahead to the Buckeyes, what do you think? I mean, always covering the Buckeyes is a challenge. I mean, it's a great program, but obviously very passionate fans and everything. Are, are you looking forward to your first – uh, Buckeye season as an assistant sports editor. I'm sure it'll be a little different for you, right? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've I've loved the work so far. Um, mm -hmm. And and Brian is, the, the lead sports editor, Brian White, is someone who believes that a good sports editor is someone who knows what's going on in the community, 
So as much as I'm not reporting anymore, I would be shocked if I wasn't out and about and, and interacting with people still. And that's something that I, I really enjoy doing. So yes, I am, I am very, very excited. I'm very excited just every day that I head into work these days because this is a just this is my dream job. Really, it is. Um, so yes, I am excited about football season. I am excited about tomorrow and whatever the Blue Jackets do. I am excited about having watched Carmen's crew this week. I am just excited about this position in general. Very good. And I'll tell you too, real quick, and we'll stop. We'll stop giving a half hour plug to our paper. But um, you know, the one thing I've impressed already with Lori and as well as what we do on the dot to support her is I love the stories that the full-time guys write, but I love how we could jump in. Um, I, I think of Joe on our desk. Joe's written a multitude of stories about teams out Buckeyes are playing. And, you know, we say it's good for our search optimization. That's one of the drills and buzzwords, but for our readers out there, it's great. I mean, we've got a lot of extra Buckeye coverage in addition to all the great stuff that Bill and Joey uh, do for the dispatch too. So lots of good stuff. I, I see Lori's byline too, which is fun. I, I didn't write about the Buckeyes. I, I wrote about uh, what was it, Pat Mahomes, um, a new Albany place. Lori, we got to talk about that sometime later. I, I can't believe a new Albany sports card shop has four point three million to buy a football card. I thought that was crazy. Yeah, uh, sports cards are sort of the new stocks, I guess. Yeah. Um, they are becoming quite an investment vehicle for people. So I am both surprised and, and not shocked at the same time. Well, I, I'm really surprised because a, a friend of mine, her dad was a sports a card shop owner as a kid. And, you know, it was always a struggle. And I don't know what his money on the side was, but I'm sure he didn't have $4.3 million to spend on cards. So I, I tip my hat to this LJ's place or robot thing. So check it out. I, uh, I'm a little... I'm a little, to be honest, soured on uh, sports cards because I grew Me up too. in the era when they were they were sealed with wax packs and the uh, right. unethical people could open the wax pack, get the best cards out, and then reseal the pack. And then, of course, I, I started in the 80s um, collecting cards, and the, just the value of my, my collection plummeted with the steroid... Uh, oh. The uh, the enlightenment that we came to in toward the nineties, like the value of all my cards, just went so downhill every time someone was caught and busted. So I'm a, I'm a little sour on the whole sports card thing. I was twelve at the time. Eighty seven tops was supposedly the great, like the fifty two oh. tops set. You had Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire rookies. It was on, but that set we could probably buy for ten bucks tonight because they mass produced and you're right steroids i think hurt but also they they did three or four times as many cards as they normally did because Lori and chris were out there buying tons of those packs and uh, yeah. it frustrated me so i know hey pat mahomes is a great quarterback but i missed the days where it was solely based on if you had a rookie guy and he did well like if he had five home runs in a week you're like dang his rookie cards going up now it's more based on scarcity and everything else which I guess that's how the world runs, but yeah, I got 14-year-old upstairs. I want him to collect cards and say, hey, follow how these guys do on the field, and that, that way your card gets up uh, or goes up in value. We don't have any more, which is a shame. Sorry, that's Sounds my like rant. fantasy sports. They, they're yeah, kind of right. the people who follow fantasy sports now who are like, yeah, I'll follow T. 
teams that I don't care about and players that I never heard of because it affects my my fantasy numbers. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Hey, I want to talk about a couple other things that came up, and uh, especially with the Olympics. Um, you know, Simone Biles has some Columbus connections. Obviously, she was very much in the news. She pulled out. Um, you know, Lori, my, let me just give my opinion quick. Let me know if you agree or not. We don't talk about mental health enough in our country these days. And, you know, I play some Madden football where you play a guy and whatever his rating is, that's all he plays. You know, and obviously Madden doesn't take into effect that there's other things that impact players. Hey, did they mm-hmm. get an argument with their significant other during the week? Did they have a, a death in the family? You know, Madden just says, hey, if you're rated 90, that's how you're going to play when you start the game. I think we forget that these athletes, although they're fantastic, they play, they have a lot more physical ability than all of us put together, they're human beings. We're going through COVID. Um, we've all suffered. Um, it's affected jobs. It's affected a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, it impacted Simone Biles. And we can scoff at it. We can say, oh, we don't understand. Why is she competing or anything else like that? But I salute Simone Biles because – she came to terms with, hey, I need help, and she decided to take that path. All of us in our jobs, and we're all journalists. We can let that get out of control if we spend too much time doing it. I mean, I think it's something that we all need to take a look personally in our lives. But, you know, Simone Biles, I respect the fact that she actually took a step back. But sadly, some people don't take a step back until it's too late. Um, and, and, you know, overall, Americans are having some trouble with these Olympi- Olympics. Uh, some struggles, but hey, it's a competition. We're real people. Sometimes, um, if it's with Simone, stuff gets in the way, and sometimes just another team wins. I, I look at France beating the U.S. in basketball the other day. What are you thinking when you look at Simone Biles and some of the other stuff happening at the Olympics this week? Well, I, I think for one thing, um, gymnastics is a sport where if you're not focused, mm-hmm. the consequences can be dire i mean it's that's a very dangerous sport to begin with um so you you have to be focused i think that's one thing that i take from this um so she was protecting both her mental health and i think her physical well-being um a second thing that i would say is that not everyone deals with stress the same way um when i get stressed sometimes work is the best place to be now i'm Mm. not a gymnast so obviously the job's different but i to you know when Brett Favre, I believe it was, lost his father, he went and played and just, yeah. you know, that's how he dealt with his emotions. So I, I think the, as sports fans, we have seen enough people handle situations differently that we should, we should know by now that everyone handles situations in their own way. Um, so I don't understand why this is suddenly a realization for people that some people need to take a step back and some people need to throw themselves into what they're doing at the time. I don't understand how this is such like an, an epiphany for people, um, especially here in Ohio, because we have had, I mean, we had the tragedy with Costa Cara, George. We yeah. have had Urban Meyer be extremely honest about what stress did to him. Um, we have Ryan Day, who is an advocate for mental health. Um, we have two great athletes in state who have been very frank about their challenges with, with mental health issues, and Joey Votto and Kevin Love. How all of a sudden people can, can 
say that this is like something new is amazing to me. And it's unfortunate for Simone Biles, who should be able to to be riding the, the sort of the crest of this realization that we've been gradually experiencing. She shouldn't be the target of all this, oh, all these people who just woke up and suddenly realized that mental health is a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I gotta tell you too, I think about it, I've heard a lot of icky stuff about USA Gymnastics over the past few years. And oh yes, and then she dealt with all of that. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, I mean, I, she's competed with kidney stones and broken bones in her feet. She's she's stood up to a sexual abuser. The woman is tough as nails. Um, yeah. And I cannot believe there are people who do not realize that about her and that, and that are just now coming to grips with the importance of taking care of your emotional well-being. I, I'm well, sorry. I'm, I'm a little well, no, peeved at that, quite honestly. No, no, good insight. I really appreciate it. And, well, and see, here's the other thing I think, too. I don't want to cast the the blame finger on anybody. And I don't know what the conversations were like with USA Gymnastics and Simone Biles, but I appreciate, and again, I feel like I'm humping work all the time, but I appreciate my boss, Michelle, because we've had conversations. She has them with everybody on our team. How are you doing? And it's not, hey, how are you dealing with sports or how are you dealing with, you know, Facebook posts or whatever. It's how are you doing? Are you Okay. Um, you know, we're all going for COVID. We're all going for stuff in our life. We all have fears. We all have worries. Hey, I've worked from home for the past couple of years. It's strange. I'm not used to this. I'm used to working in the office. And I appreciate the efforts that she makes. And I would encourage any other bosses or employees out there, check on each other. Check on your friends and family and everything. Um, I'm wondering if that isn't happening as much. Because, I mean, I think even that conversation's could help steer some of these athletes. It doesn't take everything away, but it shows concern, and, and maybe you could see some issues quicker where you, you're not waiting until last second, too. I mean, I, I kind of take aim at the USA Gymnastics about this. We, we got to be talking to each other. Are we okay? I mean, we should do this to our, our coworkers and everything, and maybe they didn't. I don't know. I mean, the, it, she's not the only um, athlete dealing with this either. Um, there is yeah. a Dutch archer who um, retired at the age of 26 because he has migraines and the migraines were set off by stress and competition was very stressful for him. And now, ironically, he's retiring to make bows. Um, oh, so, okay. <laughs> so he's not getting very far away from archery, but he is uh, taking a less stressful position. So it's like, yeah, it's it's something that we all deal with. And yeah, we got to check in on each other. And yeah. um it's ironic now that we have more ways than ever with with all the electronic uh communication that we can do these days. It's ironic that communicating is so easy and yet so poorly done sometimes. And I know it's an awkward question to ask. I mean, you know, even with a good friend, you're like, you know, say how are you doing? You feel like you're shaming people, but it's a good conversation to have. And to build a, that authentic relationship where someone's comfortable enough to say, man, can we talk? I mean, I'm I'm having a hard time at home or whatever the case is. It's important. Well, I'm afraid I'm hogging all the time. And we got a little bit more time left. Uh, Craig is our baseball expert, Lori. I joke around with Craig saying that he's watched every baseball game 
you know, this season. All he does is sit on and watch baseball games. But, Craig, why don't you ask about the Indians and the Guardians? That was big news over last week. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure where you come down on the whole Cleveland Indians. They got rid of Cheap Wahoo, which was a great first step. I was supportive of them changing their name, but I was hoping it would be the Spiders go back to sort of the original, uh, not the original original, but, uh, you know, maybe go back to a throwback name that they've already had. Cool logos I saw. You know, I looked up some possible concept art for it. They, they stuck with Guardians, which, you know, maybe is the safe choice. What, what did you think about the, um, the change to Guardians over any other name or maybe what was your favorite possibility for a name? And then what did you think about uh, the logos and all that stuff? Uh, I, I don't like the logos. I mean, just the logo. The logo is trash. The main just, logo just the is trash. Yeah, just the aesthetics. It doesn't look great. Looks um, like a little kid did it in like a clip art. Um, yeah. Like a free clip art logo. Yes. I don't think you can do rebranding any worse than the Columbus crew did recently when they, you know. <laughs> we talked about that, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, they, you have this whole save the crew effort, and then you try to make it Columbus SC. What are you doing? Um, and then that logo was, oh, garbage. And um, no offense to the, the logo maker in England who they hired to do that as opposed to hiring a local artist. Um, but I... I don't like this trend of sort of the corporatization of sports uh, where, you know, every team uniform looks the same. Um, you know, God bless the Oregon Ducks for, for looking not only different than other teams, but looking different every week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of like college sports in that, you know, when you see the, the Buckeye leaves, you know, it's Ohio State. Whereas if you look at some of these pro uniforms you're like what what team is that again i mean i have to squint really hard um and then the team names are are seem pretty similar um so it feels a, a little like the logo went corporate to me but i i do like guardians i like the way it, it ties into those art deco statues i i, I like that they are they're talking about being guardians of the history of the town and of the the sport of baseball i i like the name um I, i'm a reds fan myself but I, I like the name guardians i could get behind that if i was uh, a fan of cleveland baseball did you have a personal favorite prior to their announcement like did you uh Oh, I want you know the Cleveland Rockers or whatever. I know that's the former WNBA team, but did you have a, a a favorite going into it that said this is what I would like, but I don't really care what it is anyway? Well, again, I mentioned I'm a Cincinnati fan, so I wanted their name to be the losers of the Ohio Cup. But Ooh, um, shots fired! Wow. No, no, I, I I'm actually very very happy for all my Cleveland friends when Cleveland does well. I okay. know more than enough of them. I just. Okay. Um, I just don't want them to do better than Cincinnati because I don't want them to win the trash talking battles. That's my own. I mean, <laughs> I'm fine if they win second place uh, so long as Cincinnati's in first, you know. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's I didn't have a very strong opinion on it just because it's not my team. I didn't feel like it was my right to have a very strong opinion. Um, I. I I can understand the uh, affinity for spiders because of its role in history, but I don't think the spiders teams had the world's greatest records. No. So um, I can also see a skewing that for a, a different name. So 
But I, I guess it's just not a topic that I have a very strong opinion on. I, I know that makes for great podcasting too. <laughs> when someone doesn't have a strong opinion. Here's why I don't I don't hate the Guardian's name. I think it's a good name or whatever. I mean, some people have taken to Twitter to say that they're the the Guardians of having a larger payroll in Cleveland because, of course, they don't want to spend any money on their payroll anymore. This is why I think you go a complete opposite direction. Part of rebranding, and we see this in every sport, whether it's in NFL, NHL, whatever, is you're rebranding because either your team is terrible and you need a, a jolt, you want to maybe increase merchandise sales. Here's the problem with Cleveland Guardians. It's so close to Indians that people are going to probably just continue wearing their Indian stuff and then either they'll either wear that or buy the Guardian stuff and just tape over the Indians part or whatever <laughs> part they need to. So you're not forcing people to buy new merchandise. The C's are different. I get that. The logo is different. I understand that. But if you're the Cleveland Spiders and you have a different name or a different C where it you know, kind of forms into a spider with the little baseball, I saw some concept art, which was really cool. You can really start to force people to change what they're purchasing. So now when you go to an Indians game, you still see Chief Wahoo hats and shirts and things like that because mm -hmm. people, still, people still want it. Well, people did not want the Indians to change, and I'm not saying they were advocating for spiders, but now it's almost like branding-wise, you're giving them a chance to just keep what they already have, and they could put a, a taped thing over the Guardians, and or, or they could put a taped thing over Indians and just put Guardians as a joke or whatever it may be, sort of like how we've seen the the Cleveland Browns football jerseys where they've had all the quarterbacks listed from 99 on in just one big long row. And you just, you know, take the old and make it new. And that's what I think what's going to happen here. Whereas if you're the spiders or something else and you go in a completely different direction, you're kind of forcing people who are going to go to games or support the, uh, the, the team to buy something different. It Thus, does feel a little bit like they, they turned it, they started working on the assignment the night before, doesn't it? <laughs> you know the logo i mean everybody likes this logo because it's like the art deco inspired but to oh. me it just looks like the old california angels like wings and just it, it's just like it's like a, a generic it's kind of like you know chris you were talking about madden it's kind of like if you were to start a, a franchise mode with with a team it's kind of like one of those generic logos they give you yeah. That's what that is. The ball is just plain. It's big. It's bland. It's nothing in there. There's no C in there. There's no, you know, the wings aren't bigger. You've got two G's in there because of Guardians. But then you think, well, they're just the Guardians. They're not the Guardians. I mean, so, like, let's let's do something better with this logo. Maybe put a face on the logo like you have with the those Art Deco statues that are out there out in front of the stadium. Something's got to give with that. I don't care about the rest of it. Like I said, I think it's not a good rebrand because you're trying to inspire more merchandise sales. I don't think this really inspires a whole lot from that. Well, here's what I um, I think that logo oh. looks like a Nickelodeon cartoon, like the like oh. the kid is in middle school by day and is a hero by night, and that's he's the guardian, and that's his. Yeah. That, that's what it looks like to me. The little the thing that comes up before the cartoon plays. Yeah. Lori, Craig has passion thoughts about Nickelodeon. Uh, Every we week need to close in 10 minutes. Yeah, it's I appreciate what you said. Just Nickelodeon's like a trigger word for him. It's amazing. It's a, yeah, it's a so, sore subject for Chris. Yeah, very oh, no. He's not oh, cool, no. basically, is what the answer is. That's the Craig, long and short of it. Chris Craig, is cool. 
Craig will message you on Team Smart his thoughts about all these old Nickelodeon shows, and your head will explode. You'll be like, "What am I doing here?" It's just it's awful. Um, my only other thought about the Indians Guardians debate it's it's way too political and very controversial in terms of if you think the name is offensive or not. And what do you think politically? Lori, here's what gets me. It's a private business. The, you know, the Indians are owned by the city of Cleveland. They're owned by an owner who could do what he wants. He could change the name. I I grew up with my dad. We went to a bunch of Indians games. He watched a bunch of Indians games on TV. The fact that you change your name doesn't change the memories of my dad. You know, I, I still and I, I just don't understand why everyone has such a I mean, I guess you could not like the name change, but they've got the right to change the name. It's a private business. I'm not sure why there's all this controversy over it, you know? Well, it doesn't make sense to me because why are people debating whether it's offensive when indigenous peoples are telling you they're offended? Right. (laughs) I mean, that that doesn't make much sense to me. Um, If you wouldn't go up to someone and say, hey, are you, and then fill in the blank with whatever, uh, the the logo was. Um, you know, I was in the Mac. The uh, Red Hawks changed their names um, when I when when I was there, um, playing against them. Because um, yeah. you know, no no one's offended by Bobcats, fortunately. Um, but like, <laughs> if you wouldn't go up to someone and say, "Hey, man, are you such and such?" Then maybe it shouldn't be a team name. Right. And if you're not part of that people group and you say, I don't understand why they get offended, well, take a step back. You're not part of the people group, you know? Yeah. If, yeah. If you, you know, I, I, I just don't understand. The problem is, like, anything we talk about in this podcast, news, sports, everything, it all turns political and it just it, it drives me crazy. Hey, let's close with this. We, we've got a few minutes left. Um, you know, we worked together on the Blue Jackets beat. My goodness, I, I covered them. It was a strike shortened year and the year before, and the second year I covered them was when they first joined the Eastern Conference. So it's been a while back, but kind of jarring news. Um, I would still follow the Blue Jackets. As a journalist, I don't really have any favorite teams, but, you know, I followed the guys. Uh, I had a lot of good conversations, started to develop relationships with the guys on the team. Lori, after last weekend, they're all gone. <laughs> and, and the last, you know, trade deadline thing. I don't think anybody's left, is there? Boone Jenner. Oh, yeah, he just re-signed. You know what? Yeah. That, maybe in his rookie year, the second year I covered him. Or maybe yeah, he, just is, he is him. the long he is the longest tenured blue jacket now at following the trade of Cam Atkinson. You, oh, you know what? I, it was the year I And Dick, and Jakob Voracek is there, although he hasn't been there the the entire time. Right. Well, he predated me. I I Okay. I, he was before me. I actually think. Um, oh, how do you pronounce his name? Marion, the, the guy they got from the Rangers. I'm blanking on his name. The the winger. Uh, it was part. It was drafted trade of Rick Nash. There's a separate trade. Oh, um, Gabrick, right? Hostman, or, no, Gabrick. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I remember. I, I covered a little bit of Boone Jenner because it was his first game where they started Boone Jenner in the first line with Gabrick. And they quickly demoted him. It wasn't a good start for Boone Jenner. And Gabrick gave me a dirty look when I asked him about Boone Jenner in the locker room after the game. That's that's a big memory of Boone Jenner. But thankfully, Boone's you know, developed from there. 
And, you know, Gabbard's no longer with the Blue Jackets. But, no, it was interesting. I, I, I do agree. It was kind of harsh from Yarmo, but uh, I remember watching the press conference afterwards and uh, Portsline asked, saying, hey, a lot of these key guys are gone now. And he said, look, we weren't winning with them. We had to make some changes. And that's where it pretty much came down to. Uh, it'll be interesting. The tough thing about hockey is it takes a while for these guys to develop. Um, what do you think? Uh, what's your impression about Brad Larson, the new coach? You, you think things are going to be going up for the Blue Jackets? Uh, I think not very quickly. Right. <laughs> um, I, th- I think they've torn it down to the studs pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not like expecting Stanley Cup next year. Um, I don't think anyone is at this point. Um, but I, I think that, that the rebuild was probably smart. Um, because you've got to create a franchise that people want to be a part of. And um, if you set a good foundation, I, I think you can make that happen. Um, and they, they didn't have that with the place. It's not that they weren't winning. It's that they didn't have a foundation and a culture that was so good that people wanted to be a part of it. People were leaving. Um they could have been a team that was, and they were, they were a team that was making the playoffs every year, but they didn't have the right culture apparently because people kept leaving. Now I, you have to wonder if the players were the sole reason for that. I mean, front office needs to take a hard look at what's going on there and see if how, what hand they've had to play in that. Yeah. Um, but if they are willing to do that at the same time that they are willing to overhaul the roster, I think good things can eventually happen for Columbus. It's going to take some patience, and I hate hate having to tell that to Blue Jackets fans who have been nothing but patient. Um, I, I, I think I, I had fun covering the early years of the CBJ um, when they were grit and grinders and sandpaper guys. And I think you get a little bit of that with the signing today of Sean and the re-signing yeah. of, of Boone Jenner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they are looking to create a team that has a little bit of sandpaper to them uh, and that models that sort of hard work, get in the tough areas style of hockey to the young players that they are developing. Um but man, I hate to ask Blue Jackets fans to to go through that again of rooting for the the Jamie Pushers and the Jeff Sandersons of the world. Yeah. Um, love the fact John Davidson's back. Um, I always liked John when he was with Columbus in the past. Booming voice. Favorite John Davidson story. Uh, the uh, defenseman who wasn't that great. He kind of was a guy that uh, was not dressed a lot when he played. He was up in the press box. Um, he was shamelessly kissing up to John Davidson in the elevator down after a game. And it just made me laugh. Um, but John Davidson, great guy, booming voice, good leader. It'll be interesting to see what he can do with the Blue Jackets. Um, hey, other thought I have with the Blue Jackets, did you cover them? Uh, unfortunately, I never got to cover them with John Tortorella, who I <laughs> – amazing guy. I Craig doesn't like him. I, I love the guy. He's amazing. Because your obsession with torts. I mean, yeah, come on. He, he makes me laugh. I, I covered – Todd Richards, which, Laura, you'll remember, Todd's the anti-Tortorella. He's the exact opposite of what Tortorella is. you have any good stories from covering the Blue Jackets with John? Oh, I I love John Tortorella. I mean, because oh, he, yeah. he is an incredible human being. Uh, mm-hmm. I, he, I, for some reason, he doesn't want people to see that about him. 
but he is a guy who kept track of the off ice equipment managers. And if he saw them around the rink too much, he would find them if they stayed much longer because he wanted them to take, you know, to take care of their families, to look after their own health. Um, he, he would tell them, if I see you tomorrow, you're getting a fine. Um, and these were the guys that, that clean the skates, you know, they don't, they, they didn't do glamorous work. They weren't the star player. Um, he looked after people. Um, he, he's a good man. Um, I know that uh, when I was downsized originally from WBNS, the one coach to send me a text was John Tortorella. Oh, wow. Um, That's cool. He is, he is a very decent human being. He doesn't seem to want people to see that. Um, he, he, I don't know why that is. Um, but he is a soft-hearted man in a candy-coated shell. Yeah, and I loved how what he did for dogs in the area. I mean, he was very uh, passionate about that. And that was a, a great cause he had. Yeah, I like Grumpy John Tortorella. I know he didn't like to show his soft side, but it was fun watching Tortorella just be grumpy. I mean, he just – I want John – You just wanted to host Jeopardy, Chris. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Lori, I want John to either host Jeopardy or have a podcast where he could be grumpy. It'll make me laugh. It'll be the best thing in the world. So that would not be a bad thing. Although I'm also very high on Lavar Burton doing doing the job. So, well, we talked in a podcast earlier today. Did you see the story? Someone finished. I think it was last night. Well, okay, we're taping this Wednesday the 28th, but the previous night, someone finished with minus 7,400 bucks, the worst Jeopardy score ever. Ooh. How do you do that bad? I, I, um uh, an expert at losing money and on not being able to answer tough questions, but right. I still cannot tell you uh, how one ends up with, what was it, minus 7,400? Yeah, I mean, we ran the story today, and uh, yeah, I, I got to find the YouTube or maybe Hulu's guy. I mean, I got to watch this. I, I, I would bet you they probably freaked out. You know, they lost some money, and obviously you got to be in positive to be on Final Jeopardy. So they probably just start panicking and start answering these questions. They kept the game wrong. That's my only thought. I don't know. I'm anxious to see the show. That sounds like an SNL skit where like the buzzer is yeah. stuck and you just can't oh, stop. Yeah. Like the question gets to be, you know, uh, you know, physics and then, uh, you know, uh, nucleic reactions and, and then like algebra 210 and you're like trying to not hit the buzzer and it just keeps ringing. It sounds like an SNL skit. I think we need I think to the, the SNL celebrity skits probably didn't lose that many points. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's true. On shorts. Yes. <laughs> your dog likes that. It's yeah. Your impression. Yeah, he thinks I'm funny. Oh, we did too. Right. Okay. Yeah, what do you think of the Seth Jones trade, real quick? Uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you over. What, Cooper. <laughs> what do you what do you think of that Seth Jones trade? I was uh, pretty interested in that one. Um, I I think it is yeah it is interesting. Subsequent contract. Yeah. Um, I I think Chicago probably overpaid. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm glad Columbus wasn't in, in in a situation where they overpaid for him. Um, I hate that Columbus wasn't in a position that to sign him for a decent contract. But, um, I mean, it, you can't have Seth Jones and then, like, the Three Stooges. Um, if you're going to do a rebuild, you got to do a rebuild. And Seth Jones is too good of a player to be part of 
a, a, a rebuild. Um, you, you just get too much from him. Uh, he's too much of an asset, a trade chip, the, to hold on to him in that situation. And I, I kind of question the Vortech trade, too. But, you know... Um, That's a good trade for Columbus. Well, they got positive value. They got plus value out of that trade. Yeah, well, he's a playmaker, and he can set up uh, Patrick Line. So, you know, maybe that'll be good too. Yeah, I, I and I think, um, I mean, I just Cam is such a uh, a devoted guy to the Columbus community. Um, I, I think he would have sucked up a lot of oxygen. And uh, I think it would have been tough to create a team atmosphere. He's he's almost too good in the community. Um, yeah. I, I I hate to put it that way, but in 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 some respects, maybe this allows a team concept to flourish, and all the guys get to be Cam Atkinsons in the future, and they learn to develop their own uh, their own selves. Well, and if things go completely sideways with Blue Jackets next year. Yeah, now Voracek and Line A could be decent trade chips. So, yeah. You know, next trade deadline. So, who knows? All right. Well, Lori, thanks so much. I love you taking the time. The guy, get you back. Uh, come back whenever you like. I love talking sports. I love hearing about the hat and all the other stuff. Oh, are you verified on Twitter yet? I am not verified on Twitter. Oh, um, Jack, if you're listening, uh, I'm sure he's an avid listener to the Ohioan. Um, yes. Jack, you got to get me a blue check mark, dude. Um, it's it's been years. I've applied. I don't know how many times. Uh, I'm in Columbus, and I'm still willing to, to go blue. Uh, give me the blue check mark. Come on. Well, you you have well documented. You're you're a great follow on Twitter. How do we follow you on Twitter? Let me make sure I ask that before you. Uh, it's just at Lori Schmidt. I've been on Twitter okay. long enough that I actually was able to get my real name and didn't have to do something crazy like. Hat wearing reporter nine seven right. eight two three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she'll give you all kinds of great updates on Columbus sports, but also I've read some great rants against Jack on your Twitter about give me my blue check mark. It's great. You're a great follower. Well, thank uh, you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. that. Maybe those rants about getting my blue check mark, though, are why I don't have a blue check mark. Well, I will tell you, I've got a secret. So let, let me do two plugs and I'll tell you how the. We can take care of it for you through work. I'll I'll tell you how to make that happen. But <gasps> oh, you didn't know? No, I didn't oh, know. Okay, hang on with us. I'll tell you as soon as we close. I'm not sure if we should tell our our audience, but there's a way. No, 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 no. This not has got to be a secret. This has got to be. Yeah, a secret. yeah, yeah. So let me let me get my plugs because I Craig's been on me. I forget there are plugs. So um, we got two sponsors tonight: Chase Bank. I don't know why you would question the fact that you listen to this podcast. Great content with Lori Schmidt. But if you're like, man, I wish I did something else in the last hour of my life. We can pay you for listening to this podcast. Lori, here's how it works. You go to our podcast provider webpage, however you're experiencing the podcast. Click on the Chase um, link. They want to set you up with a new account. You set up an account. You attach your direct deposit. Why wouldn't you attach your direct deposit if you set up a bank account? They'll put 225 bucks in your account. So, Lori, no other podcast will pay you for listening. We will. So, thanks to Chase Bank. It, seriously, it's really helped me out. It, it's been a great bank for me. Try it out. Uh, I hope you like it. And then also, Ashley Home Store. Hey, uh, Lori, I was telling my, my wife's very um, – she likes to schedule things for our family. 
on Saturday and Sundays at 1 p.m. in the fall. I'm like, honey, this is football season. We got to watch football. So Ashley Home Store, you click on the link. They'll give you a coupon to save money on your furniture. You could do all of your shopping online. They'll deliver it to you. So if you're watching a football game and your significant other wants to leave, you could say, no, stay here, get your laptop out, do your shopping online. Ashley Home Store, it's a great place to save money. Great uh, furniture. All right. As I'm losing my voice, Lori, this is this is not good. Um, <clears throat> anything else we forgot? Uh, Craig, Lori, that you want to share before you take off? No, I don't think so. Lori wants the tour information. She's like, get out. <laughs> Let's close this. Yeah, right I, now. I just I want to be <laughs> <Yeah>. verified. <laughs> okay, very good. I'm talking. All right. Well, thanks for checking out to Hollywood. New content every day. Uh, Lori, love to have you back. Uh, Craig, thanks for coming on. And we got close, so we can talk about Twitter verification. Have a great night, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.